on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. You know, Michelle tells me she worries about me. She says, uh, sometimes I think you're getting dementia. I said, well, don't, you say, don't, don't say that. She said, well, you've, you're so forgetful. So you, I, you put something on the calendar and then you, you forget I even told you about it. And I said, yeah, it's not that I've got dementia. It's that I got too much to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm not complaining. Just the reality of it is, man, oh, man. Uh, you guys out there, it's a tip of the cap, I guess. You guys are, you guys are making my, you, you guys are exploding out there with the great stuff that's going on. I'm trying to keep it up on my, my calendar. And sometimes I, you know, I write, I'm still one of those old guys. I write it down in a calendar book and, oh my goodness. Sometimes I find out I put down the, I put it in the wrong date and, oh, I, I, coach, are you still going to be here for that? Oh no, I had that. I, I haven't messed up. I caught three mistakes yesterday on my calendar. That's why, that's why I'm saying it. Three of my own mistakes yesterday. One of them being, when is LA coming to town? I had that. <laughs> ay, 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 ay. So, uh, so bear with me. I don't, my, my mind is as sharp as ever. I, I, I can't. If they cut cut me open, I was thinking about this. I was, I was having a conversation with Jonathan yesterday, and uh, you know, depending. Now, listen. This is true of all of us. Okay, we do not appreciate our gift. And we, we are all, for the most part, most content when we're operating in our gift. If you want to find out what your gift is, just ask yourself, what is it you like to do? And it leads you, for the most part, it leads you, it leads you to your gift. But I was having a conversation you know, about with, with Jonathan yesterday about uh, you know, a lot of things, but one of them being men and you know, finding our gifts and plugging in and and it came down to the fact that for the most part in the church, uh, I'm not, not going to beat up on the church. Bear with me a second. For the most part in the church, men, men's gifts are never developed. They're never developed. When was the last time that you went to a church or were part of a church where a pastor actually sat you down and helped you identify what your gifting was and then helped you cultivate it and develop it? And uh, I would say it never happened. I remember for me a couple times that I went to the pastor for a little bit of help. Uh, I was kind of, well, not rebuked, rebuffed, rebuffed. The idea being, uh, just follow me, just just follow what I'm doing, and we'll all get there. And and so you look around in, in the country that we're in right now, and we're having a real, uh, a real, real issue with uh, men, men taking a leadership role, men getting involved, men. Men standing up and being counted. Men, for the most part, do not recognize their spiritual gift. And uh, I was—I told uh, in the conversation that I had yesterday. I made, I made this point. I know 
so much about so little. Let me let me rephrase that. I get on this show every every come on here every morning, and I I can't tell you the amount of research I've done. Oh, literally, the things that I've read over the last twenty four hours to equip me to come here to do this show. I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you. I've I have read a lot of stuff in the last twenty four hours. Watched a lot of stuff. Probably too much, my wife would say. But the reality of it is, when it gets right down to it, I've never in my life changed oil in a car. I don't have any idea how to do it. Except for a tree house, I don't think I've ever framed up anything that would stand that you would put in on your back porch. Or anything. I've, I've never done that. I've never done any of that. I've, I've never... I've never framed out some. I, I've never fixed a lawnmower. Well, I've tried, but I, I don't fix lawnmowers. I don't really know how to bait a hook. I mean, I do. I know how to bait a hook, but I don't really know how to fish. I I don't know how to skin. I don't know how to get right down to it. I, I I don't know how to skin a deer. I went out and shot one. I, well, I don't know what to do with it. And then once I skinned him, I don't know. Would I know how to cut him up? I I, I don't know. I don't know how to cut him up. Huh? Fix a lawnmower? Fix something? Me? You doing? Are you kidding me? And I came to the realization as I was kind of walking through my life that really I am so dependent on your gift because those of, there are those of you out there who have every one of those gifts that I don't have. And you don't think it's anything. You don't think it's um, all I can do is all I can do is <laughs> all I can do is change tires. Really? You can do that. You can rotate tires. You can change oil. Ah, man, I need that. But we're not, most men never really learn or taught their gift to develop it. And that's why I think there's such uh, dissatisfaction with men inside the church, especially from a spiritual standpoint. And I've made this point before. If I go into a meeting and I said, hey, who would like to pray this morning? It'll almost always be a woman. Almost always be a woman that volunteers. That the average Christian male does not feel comfortable praying out loud. And can I tell you why? The average Christian male doesn't feel competent praying out loud. Because he's never been trained to do it. Now, I'm talking about me. When I got radically born again back in 1988, as I tell folks, it did for me what a phone booth did for Clark Kent. Changed me into a brand new creature. Really, really did overnight. And a boldness came on me. Uh, I've always been pretty bold, but I, I, I was never opinionated like I am now. I mean, I, you know me, man. I'll say it. <laughs> I don't care. I'll say it. I, was, I, wasn't, I was never like that. So this holy ghost boldness came over me to the point where this is this way I say, hey, folks, listen, I respect you. But when it gets right down to it, you got to earn your respect with me. I respect the position. But just because you call yourself chief, uh, sorry, chief, you got to prove it to me that you're the chief. Just because you call yourself pastor, I'm good with that. I'll call you pastor too, but you got you to earn your stripes with me. And just because you call yourself Christian, Hey, okay, I'll call you Christian, but you got to earn some stripes with me. 
And I think for the most part, when, when we've been, when we've gone to church, men in particular, I'm talking about women, women can always find something to do. They can always go to church and they can help in the kitchen and they can help clean up. And they, there's always something for women to do, but very rarely, very rarely is there a designated job for a man in the church. Whoops, that's somebody amen in me. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. I'll get to it in a second, right? Very, very rarely. And why is that? Why is it that we are so, uh, the job, I've said this a number of times, bear with me a second, because the Holy Spirit just said this to me, all right? <clears throat> the job of a coach, me, is to make myself unnecessary. The job of a coach is to replicate himself. The job of any leader is to replicate himself. And I think it's sad that in today's American culture, if the pastor needs a Sunday off, which I pray they take more of them off, to be honest with you. I, I know the burden of trying to put a sermon together. every. I do it five days a week. It's not a sermon, but you get what I is, right? The idea that in that whole entire congregation, there might only be one guy, one guy that you can trust to fill in while the pastor's going away. Only one? Pardon me, pastor. What the hell you been doing? What have you been doing? You you haven't trained? You mean that you ought to be, a, listen, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. At almost any time, the pastor ought to be able to turn to any man in the church and ask the man to stand up and pray, give a word, whatever it might be. But those skills are not developed. So therefore, we have undeveloped Christian men in sitting in the congregation. Somebody say amen, so I know at least somebody out there knows what I'm talking amen. about, right? Amen. Men, men who cannot take their faith home with them and raise their children with it. Men who cannot take their faith home, they cannot take what they heard on Sunday and go impact the entire business world Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday. They don't know how to do it. They haven't been trained, equipped, and mobilized, which, by the way, is the main job of a leader. And that's why that's that's why we're in that's why some of you guys are drawn to this show because for the first time in your life somebody put a demand on your gift and you said dag gone I like this I'll never forget when I went to the first operation to save america event with with uh, flip benham rusty thomas I don't know how how long ago it was when, uh, the first one of us it's 2004 First Operation Save America event uh, I went to, I hosted in Columbus, Ohio. I'd just gone through the ACLU battle. And, uh, they were looking for a place to hold their annual event. And I said, let's do it in Columbus because they were doing a walk across America at that time. Yeah, they literally walked across America. That's another whole story. And they got to Columbus, Ohio, and we held our national event there. And I'm going to tell you something. My stones grew so much that week as I watched other bold, unashamed Christian men stand up and speak the truth. It was the greatest boot camp I'd ever been through in my life, and it radically transformed my life. Amen. And the average guy, except for those of you in in the queue, the average guy here had never been through that experience. Don't know where they belong, don't know what they're saying, not equipped, not trained, don't think they're good enough. Guy up on the podium knows it all. Uh, I'll just sit here and listen to what he has says because he'll tell me. And as a result, we have lost in America all of our power. 
and authority. I'm going to talk about that this morning. Power and authority. We don't we don't understand it. We don't understand it. See, my friends, when a Christian man walks into the room and stands and speaks, the whole room should shake. I'm just telling you the truth because uh, that's the authority. That's the authority. We as uh, all power has been given unto me, both in heaven and on earth, and I give it to you. Go therefore. You go therefore, and you teach them to observe all I've commanded you. That is a direct, uh, what's it called, designated authority from the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And because we don't respect the power of God, we don't respect the power and authority that he's granted to us. We're intimidated and afraid and silent and back down because we're worried about what some atheistic idiot might say. Some guy trained at Denison University, what he might think about. It. Some guy with a long medical degree, some, some doctor who can't even stand up and say that killing a baby is wrong. Now, a doctor can't even stand up and say that. A doctor who can't even stand up against the American Medical Association says, no, I ain't putting that needle in their arm. No, I'm not going to do that. Why? Because at the very heart of it, at the very root of it, we don't even know what it means to be a man anymore. We don't know how what it means to be in conflict. We don't know what it means to contend. We're about tolerance and diversity and acceptance and love. That's part of the gospel, but that ain't the whole gospel. And we've made it the whole gospel. And I, I, can, I, can I say this? Sure I can. I want to say it in a way that you that that you that you'll receive it in the right way. Somebody said to me the other day, "Look, please, I'm not." Somebody said to me the other day, "Boy, coach, I, I bet uh, I bet your schedule's full on Sundays." I can't tell you the last time I spoke on a Sunday. Can't tell you the last time I spoke on a Sunday. Why? Because they don't want to hear it. The leaders, the leaders don't really want their people trained. That's the only thing, that's the only thing I can, that's the only thing. Folks, the world is falling apart. And, and we're not hearing, we're not hearing it. We're not raising up strong, competitive, fighting men. We're not doing it. We're not hearing that message. We're hearing comply. Tolerate diversity, love. Don't, honey, don't start a fight. Honey, don't start. I, I, I pick them all the time. How can, how can we, how can we contend for the faith when we won't contend with our brother when he's doing something or saying something that's not right? That is Amen. contending for the faith. And yes, it might cause a hardship between my brother and I. It might, but I'm not going to let him continue to go around and say that horse crap. If we're contending for the truth, and so uh, I'm going to dive into something here in a minute. I told you I prayed, prepared something when I, when I had to quit walking down that those steps over there because every time I come down those steps, uh, Holy Spirit comes and joins us. That's what that's what's going on now. I'm on a manhunt, and I'm so encouraged. I, I started out saying how you know I got so much stuff going on because. So many of you are starting to do stuff. It's such an encouragement to my heart that men are picking up the mantle and running with it. I don't sit back and pound myself on the chest and say, golly, look, look what I've done. 
No, I'm like, I'm like a, I'm like a coach watching my wide receiver run the right pattern. There's just a satisfaction. See, that's the way to play. That's how you do it. Yeah, go. There's a lot of good stuff going on, friends. I know I come in here every morning and I kind of beat up on things, but the truth of the matter is there's a lot of really, really good stuff going on. And I, I you know, I'm looking at my list of names here. I could go down there. I could, I could rattle off the name. I could rattle off 15 guys and 15 guys in a heartbeat who are actively doing things, by the way, that, what, that weren't doing them two years ago or three years ago or four years ago or five years ago and having real impact. And not only are they having real impact, they're having real conflict because for the first time, they're taking the true message of the kingdom of God into religious circles and they're getting opposition. What a way to grow. That's how you, where's Tom Gill? That's how you lift weights, isn't it? Isn't that how you get stronger when you lift weights? The resistance, doesn't the resistance make you stronger when, when you bench press, when you do squats? Resistance is good. That's what he said in Judah, earnestly contend for the faith. Contend for it. Contend. Because why? Evil men have crept in unawares. They've crept in. Hey, Spencer, crept. What does Mr. Webster say about that? Crept. Evil men have crept in. It's pretense, tense, partisan, creep, creep. Put creep up there. Creep. To move with a belly on the ground or the surface of any other body. To move along the ground or on the surface of another body in growth. To move slowly, feebly, or timorously. To move slowly. To move secretly. Evil men have crept in unaware. They're sitting in a church with you. They're sitting on the elder board with you. They're in the pulp. Somebody say amen. I'm, I'm kicking some toes. Amen. Some toes. Amen. This, this is it, right? And, the, and, and then they, they accuse me. They say, Coach, you've got to quit attacking the body of Christ. So I'm, I'm not attacking the body of Christ. I'm attacking the fake body of Christ. I'm, I'm attacking the counterfeit. I'm exposing the real one from the false one. Because some evil men have crept in and they've created a different one. And it's not the white one. It's not the body of Christ. That's why I don't get it. I'm not complaining. That's why pulpits aren't open to me on Sunday. Hey, please, don't, don't say, Coach, will you come to my church? That's not, that's not why I'm saying this, okay? It's not why I'm saying it. Because I'll be honest. Ah. Sunday churches make me nervous. They make me uncomfortable. Just telling you the truth. It just... Make me uncomfortable. And I love the I love the body of Christ. The real one. I love that one. So uh, I'm going to take you down that road. But I, got, I got that off my chest. I'm going to double back here in a second uh, with some stuff off of this. But I'll, I'm going to let Dale come in here for a second and let Kevin come in. Come on in, Dale. Kevin. Dale down there at Operation Save America. That's where I cut my teeth. And some great friends down there and some great warriors down there. and. I hope you tell them, tell them all hi for me. Brother, I do. And uh, this is where uh, we, we bonded our relationship in the foxhole of OSAs. 
And brother, you're absolutely right. What what a great opportunity it was to to grow some. You know, when I just wanted I wanted to jump in and say, you know, you were saying that they can't even find one. My my dilemma at times is I have to wonder which one. In other Good words, you. <laughs> and you know, you know, when I sat here and I paused and thought about it, here's a here's a unique thing, Flip. Or uh, every 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 man that has preached in my pulpit from my church has been at an OSA event, brother. Mm. You, you just know the manlyhood. Be praying for us today. There, there could be a potential interposition going mm. on. Amen. <laughs> hey, Dale, Dale, we're seeing the lawlessness of America. Are we not, friends? When the Supreme Court, who the left loves the Supreme Court, when the Supreme Court all of a sudden says, sorry, no more baby murders, now you see the lawlessness really come out, don't you? Now you see actual elected officials refusing to follow a Supreme Court decision. Why is it the Bible says that the righteous are as bold as lions? Why is it, why are the ungodly so bold? What happened to these righteous, bold men of God? Where is the righteous boldness in the American church? It's almost non-existent. Now, wait, I know there's good churches out there. I get, I get it. But you guys know what I'm talking about. I was thinking about what the Lord popped into my head here when I, when I started to come down, when I came down the steps there, it was the question of authority. 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 I want you to, I'm going to get there in a second. Uh, I'm going to bring Kevin in, but I want you to ask yourself this. What authority does Jesus Christ have? Don't even answer. Just ask yourself that. Kevin, come on in. Well, what you're talking about, brother, reminds me of an old saying, and I think it's very fitting, that dictators create followers, but leaders create other leaders. Yeah. I think that's exactly what you're saying. That's what, we have to, you have to. You have to replicate yourself. And I've said this a number of times. If, I, if, I got, if I'm a football coach and I have to miss practice, if I've done my job as coach, practice, they won't even miss me because I will have replicated myself and the guys that I'm working with. You don't think I could walk away – I could miss a football practice and Coach Norm could take over and run it and I wouldn't be missed. Are you kidding me? Coach Mark Kyle, you think he couldn't take over and are you kidding me? Of course they can. We see guys in the pulpit. Number one, they're afraid to let others in the pulpit. You know what I would do if I was running a church? I'm just listening, pastors out there. Any of you listening out there? Any of you? Here's what I'd do. I'd be walking down the hallways of my church, and I'd be finding me a man, and I'd go to that man and say, listen, hey, uh, been watching you there, Harold. I've been watching you, man, and appreciate all you do. Hey, Harold, listen, you're giving the sermon next Sunday. You are, Harold. And then after you pick him up off the floor, after he's wet his pants and you've picked him up on the floor, you're going to say to him, you can do it. I don't care if it's five minutes, and I don't care if it's 10 minutes. But, Harold, there is something special inside you. Folks, I want, to, I want you to ask yourself, makes me want to weep, makes me want to weep. In my Christian walk, I never, I got to be careful. Pastor Bill Dunphy was always, always, was a great, always, always great with me, okay? So when I say pastors, again, you paint with a broad brush. But I never, in, never in all the churches I ever went to, I never had anybody walk up to me. I was born a leader. I don't know if you guys picked up on this. I was a leader from the time I was two years old. I've been a leader my whole life. And I never, ever had a pastor ever come up to me and say, Coach, man, let me sharpen you. You come alongside me. We need strength. Not ever, not ever, 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 ever. They were always afraid 
of my boldness. They were afraid of that leadership. They were afraid that they were that I was going to take them someplace they didn't want to go. They weren't really, folks, hear me. They weren't really worried about the man sitting in the pew. They really weren't worried about helping him develop his skill to be the best that he could be for his family and for his community. They really weren't because they were not in the business of raising up leaders. They were in the business of raising up sheep. Somebody say amen. Oh, that, thank you, Lord. Amen. They're in the business of raising up sheep, not leaders. That's why we're in the mess we're in. That's why the message that, that we bring here every day and you guys are gobbling up resonates so much because you have come alive spiritually. You've come alive You mean I can do more than just go sit in the church on Sunday and pay my tithes? You mean I can actually get involved? How could you possibly use me? You're preaching Wednesday night. There you go. How many of you, I'm I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen here. Your hands are just a second. If a pastor ever came to you and said, you're preaching next Sunday or Wednesday, uh, I want you to say, me, I, w- I want to hear how many of that would be. Me. I would be scared, but I would do it. No, 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 no. That's not what my question. Yes, I would. I, has, no, no. My question is, has a pastor ever done that? If he's ever done that to you, say me. 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 It's pretty pathetic, isn't it? And I wonder if you ask yourself this. What would be your pastor's reaction if you went up to him and said, Hey, pastor, can I preach next Sunday? i got a message for the church. What do, you, what do you suppose his reaction would be? The whole time I was coaching football, I'm looking around here for my headphones. I had headphones on because I've talked to you about this before. Talking to the guy up in the up in the uh, we called it the eagle uh, eagle's nest guy up in the press box, what, who could see the whole field. Can I tell you the number of times the guy I'm connected to up there called the play? He knew that I trusted him, that I had trained him what to look for, what to do, and he would call down and say, Coach, Coach, run that blackjack. Run that blackjack now. And I trusted him to do that. Will your pastor allow you to get in the pulpit, or would he have to review everything you're going to say before you get up in there? Or is he just going to maybe trust the Holy Spirit that, yes, the Holy Spirit actually speaks to you as well? You understand where I'm going? I'm not, I'm not trying to criticize pastors. I'm trying to show you the system is so out of whack that we have the performers and the ticket holders. That's what we got, the ones who pay the ticket and come in and watch the people on the platform perform. You get a musical concert. You might get a little children's message, and then you get a lecture, and then you go home. That's American Christianity, isn't it? Come on. I, oh. Amen. That's got to change. You know, you know why you guys come here? You know why you come here in the morning? Because you grow and you like it. You grow and you like it. You want to talk about you're growing. 
and you want to talk about some of the scalps that you've got. Never in your Christian life have you been able to do that. I'm not, look, I'm not, I'm not patting me on the chest. I'm trying to help you open your eyes up to understand why the average guy that you run into in your church ain't doing nothing, sitting, sitting there like a blob. Come on in, Jack. Let's run down to him. Jack, then Debbie, then Myra. Oh, Myra, I've got to get you to, I'm sorry, we'll get you there. That's ahead, your, your thought, your thought provoking coach. Yeah. Thought provoking. I have these these ideas and stuff, and you you drop a little bomb, and I'm going, aha! That's why I think that. That's why I think that. This, we've we've become the <laughs> Stockholm syndrome universally because um, John the Baptist called out the king right to his face, and we have begun to love our captors. We mm. love our captors. Come on, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the boldness that's that's why i love going to your events i don't get to go too many but you have the boldness that allows me to develop my boldness hey, hey jack that's and no no and, and don't, don't miss this mentors, don't miss this mentors. not only that jack when you go with me i'll protect you i'll encourage you and i'll protect you to the best that i can right that's john 10 the Pastor leads them out. I lead them out. I don't just send them. I lead them out because they might need a little bit of coaching, a little bit of guidance, a little bit of uh, somebody to run interference. So I lead them out. I try not to just tell you to go. Now, a lot of you just go because of here, but you know that I'm with you if you need me. You know I'll call. I won't leave you hanging, right? Why? Because that's the Lord's model. That's his model. He can't go everywhere, but he'll go if you go. And he said, you go, and I'll tell you what, I'll be with you. I promise you, I'll be with you. Everywhere you go, I'll be with you. It's a spiritual thing, isn't it? It is. Debbie, come on in. You know, in, in my church, I had great testimonies that I could share. And, and I would, you know, I had things I felt like I could offer a lot and many times. But I wasn't part of the clique. I wasn't part of the chosen. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would tell my friends at church, and they said, wow, that's a great testimony. And I, I had miracles performed through me and around me. And, and it was wonderful. And I shared them even with my pastor. But when it came time to pick people to do the videos of testimonies and things, I wasn't chosen. I wasn't in the clique. Mm. And to go with your model, entertainers don't associate with the <laughs> ticket holders. That's right. That's right. You know, they're 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 too busy. They're they they are the elite above, right? So they don't go and you know the pastor doesn't come and sit with the common people at the potluck dinner. He sits with the other entertainers, <laughs> and Amen. so he never knows his congregation. Because he always sits with the same people, his yes crowd, the Amen. people he, he knows what he's going to get. And um, here in this group, people want to hear what you have to say. People learn from what you want to say. And I say you, I mean all of us. I want to hear what Reggie or Jeff. Yes. Even if I don't, even even if I don't agree with it, even if I don't agree with it, the Holy Spirit speaks through Reggie. Even though sometimes I might want to punch her in the mouth, right? Right. And they can have a word for you just in their conversation. You're going to get a. You could get a confirmation, and if it's never heard, then then God's got to go somewhere else to get it to you. Amen. So, Amen. 
Or and worse so, yet, you never get it. That's the issue, I think. Amen, 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 amen. I love the body of Christ. I love the body of Christ. Well, I, I don't like that fake one. I tell the story about coaching the football team. We had 30 guys. We were called the Dirty 30. I didn't need any more 30. Didn't need any more. I was going to train those. There's only 11 positions. I was going to train those 30 to play 11 positions. Got plenty of guys here. It was a great team. When he backbiting, backstabbing, and this guy's the big star, and that guy's not the big star. Everybody did their job, pulled their weight. We won 10 games. Yeah. Uh, hang on a second. I saw Sheila Holm in here. Sheila, did you try? Did you want to say something, Sheila? Come on in if you did, because I, I I caught you peeking in. Actually, she not. She texted me. Um, I peeked. I peeked in because you're matching with what the president said. So I queued it up. Did you hear him at Turning no. Point this weekend? I did not. What did he say, Sheila? Um, I thought you would enjoy this, so I queued it up, and um, and here is our president. We will not break. We will not yield. We will never give in. Give up. We will never, ever, ever back down. As long as we are confident and united, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand a chance. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and God alone. Wow. Mm. Wow, huh? Wow. Thanks for that, Sheila. I, did, I didn't hear that. I didn't. Uh, listen. And, and they're all young people. And did you hear them cheering? Mm-hmm. Kneel to God and God alone. Yeah. I don't know if you remember after they tried to have me participate in the um, Apostolic Coalition, International Coalition of Apostles, back in July of 1999, and yeah. they left me with an empty gas tank. God gave me a word on the way back, and you're hitting it with full cylinders today. And what God said, and he wanted me to write it down so I could tell the man who had been in the NFL, he had been an iron worker on high-story buildings in New York, and he was either Delta Force or Green Beret in Vietnam taking care of the poppy fields. And that man was the man involved, and he said, I want you to call him and tell him, and this is the word, not enough of my men are getting up and putting on their steel-toed boots to prepare to march with me. So I'm calling up my women, even my widows and my orphans, for my army will be prepared to march with me before the, and he gave me a capital S-O-N, scripted R-I-S-E. Mm, sunrise, huh? Well, Sheila, I think, it's, I, th- I think it's going on. I think it's happening right now. I think it's going on all around us. And uh, uh, we just have to keep, put our hand to the plow, not look back. And uh, we're, uh, we're doing the best we can to raise them up. Bless you. Thanks, Sheila. Thanks. Naomi and Jerry. I was told by three pastors that they would need biblical inspiration to let me speak. And then they would have to vet everything I was going to say yep. because it might be too controversial. That was three pastors. Who vets what they say, Naomi? Does anybody ever vet what they say? Hmm? Well, I do, sitting in the, in the well, I don't even sit you, in their You get what I mean. But they don't want to hear it. Yeah, that's, you get it, you get it, right? And why are my people destroyed? Why do my people perish? 
they, they, they not they don't know the truth they don't know what's going That's on around them, right? yeah. they, they they think uh they think god's pro-choice you got pro-choice christians <laughs> can you believe that be fruitful multiply replenish the earth we have pro-choice christians think god's for women's right to ch- it's it's Church is bad shape, man. Revelation 20, that's Jerry, isn't it? Come on in. Morning, Coach. The, uh, hey, some, somebody asked me about this Jerry, right? Wes. It's Wes. I just yeah, went ahead and say Jerry. I, I don't okay. care. Hey, Jerry, are you still out there? Somebody asked me about you the other day. Weigh in if you are. Come on in, Wes. Well, I was going to say the reason why I love coming in here every morning is I feel like I can relate to you guys rather than the people at my own local church. Amen. And and another reason why I come in here is because when when I'm down, when I need picked back up, I don't go to my pastor or any of the people that I know in the congregation. I come and I confess it to you guys. And Amen. You guys never fail. Amen. And that, see, that's what he ain't heavy. He's my brother, right? That's that's what it's supposed. That's what it's supposed to be about. And so we haven't really developed brotherhood. Brother, th- guy, come on. I, Crack open for you, will you? How many of you are sitting in a church with a bunch of men who aren't your brothers? <laughs> Not really. Some of them, you don't, even, you don't even know their name. You really don't know what's going on in your life. Their life, you see them every once in a while. But how many of you, if, if right now a problem hits your, hits your life, how many of you would call somebody at your church? And I'd say if uh, 10% of you do, you're lucky. That would be my, my guess. Myron, we'll get you in here right after Joe. I promise. Promise, Myron. I just followed the Holy Spirit this morning. Go, Joe. Is that me? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Coach. Um, in Denmark, um, my last few weeks, just before Pentecost, uh, on a Tuesday night dinner, I was wanting to share with the pastor <laughs> that I had, I believe, what his goal of expanding the church was correct because god wants it to expand it at that time and the holy spirit just hit me really hit me and he saw it and he stepped back i was hit head to heels mm. and and I, I i started to cry and i and i and 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 so on pentecost when the, he was they had a pentecost uh uh asking for people to have words to listen to the holy spirit and to go tell martin if they had something so I tapped Martin on the shoulder and went back and sat down. And nobody else tapped Martin on the shoulder. And then, I, and then at the, he said, uh, Joe, do you have a word for us? So I, he gave me the microphone. And, you know, this is recorded online <laughs> on YouTube. If you want to go see it, but it's all on Danish, you won't understand it. But, uh, but he trusted me with the microphone, not knowing a thing what I was going to say. And that's something? So, so Joe, he's living out. Spencer, if you can, real quick, uh, if you could. I didn't mean to cut you off here, Joe. Pull up 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Keep going, Joe. So this guy trusted you, that the, or maybe trusted the Holy Spirit. That he the trusted right the Holy made. Spirit. He, tr- he, he knew that he, he saw the Holy Spirit. And I think I was the only one who helped him confirm that his goal Three three sermons he spent on this goal of expanding the church, um, hmm. and it was not to deepen his pockets. It's because he felt it was the time for everybody right. to get out and do something. He's and then one of the other sermons that that when you know I was making my big decision I had to make. One of the other sermons was uh, 
a different sermon on uh, on Peter walking on the water to the Lord. And one of the things was he wasn't walking on the water. He was walking on the words of the Lord said to come to him his faith. And the, and the other thing, at the end of the sermon, this fits perfectly in here. At the end of the sermon, he said, a lot of you in this church, the Lord is out there on the water and you're in a boat and he's saying, come to me and there's something that you need to do and you know what it is and you got to go out and do it. It might be to to go out and talk uh, uh, to street minister on Fridays. It might be to do this or that. You got to stretch out and do something you haven't done before. And that fits also with making that church bigger. Okay. And I told him after the (laughs) service, you know, Pear, the Lord is in California, and I'm in Denmark, and that's where I have to go if I want to meet him. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 14, 26. I think it's 26. Can you scroll down to that real quick? <clears throat> uh, folks, you tell me how this fits in, in your church. Okay, your church now. <clears throat> how is it then, brothers, when you come together? What? 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 When you come together... All of you sit down in a chair and do praise and worship and then listen to some guy stand up and talk to all of you. No, it doesn't say that. It says, how is it then, brothers, that when you all come together, every one of you hath a psalm. Every one of you hath a doctrine. Every one of you has something to say. Every one of you has a revelation. And every one of you has an interpretation. So let all things be done unto edifying. Edifying. How do you ever develop the ability to stand up and speak to the congregation what the Lord has said to you if you've never given the opportunity to do it? How do you develop that skill? If the Lord speaks something to you and you want to share it with the congregation and you don't share it, is the Lord going to give you another word if you ate the last one? You ate it. You didn't You didn't say it. And so the church is, as we're seeing it now, which, by the way, Sheila Holm helped me to understand this. The church has been designed. Evil men have crept in unaware, and they have crept in for control, friends. Control. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty and freedom. You have a word. You have a song. You have something to say. You have something to say. And and the religious system is set up so you don't have anything to say. And so you you become spiritually dependent. Come every Sunday and, boy, I hope the pastor feeds me today like a a seal. Ah, 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 ah. Throw me another fish. You walk away from there, you got fed, and lo and behold, you're hungry next Sunday again. I love the, I love the body of Christ. I love the body of Christ. I'm a coach. I'm telling you why it ain't working, folks. And if you're a pastor and you get mad at me, I, I'm not trying to, you got you to row your own boat, dude. You got to row your own boat. But uh, you, better, you better look around and see what is it exactly you're growing. What is it you're growing? Are you growing the numbers or are you growing disciples? Which one? Because uh, such a thing is addition by subtraction. 
There may, may be some of those people sitting in that church you got to get rid of. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, can, I, I, can, I can't tell you the number of football teams that changed when I got rid of a guy. I said, sorry, man, sorry. You just, sorry. You, you, just don't, you just don't fit in. One bad apple can spoil the whole bunch, boys and girls. Jeff, come on in. Coach, you just got to share that tonight, Church in the Garage, Coach Dave's coming in. Some of your local people that are around, come on in. And Coach, you're going to like it because these people here, they participate. They'll be opening their mouths and saying stuff. You'll love it. Because you know why, Jeff? Yeah. Because you're, you're duplicating yourself. You, you're, not a, you're not a trained theologian. You didn't no. go to cemetery. No. You just, you're just living out your faith. And you get in front of these other 50 guys or whatever, and they can't believe it either. You mean I can go to a church where I get to participate? What? I, what? Me? Yep. Week before last, I told Tom Branstow, I said, we don't have anybody tonight. I said, you've been doing that little study on the armor? I said, buddy, just put something together. I said, just open your mouth and speak. Okay. I said, I don't care if you only do 10 or 20 minutes. And he did. He was nervous, but he did it. And he was so glad he did it. Yeah, well, tonight, I'm, tonight, I'm JC Dotto's in Mount Vernon. I'll be there tonight. So don't come and see just because I'm there. This ain't hero worship, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm going to be there. Amen. Yeah. Coach, look at twenty-seven, twenty-eight there. Uh, I, I just got it off my screen. Pull it up twenty-seven, twenty-eight. You mean verses? Oh, if any man speak in an unknown tongue, well, I don't. We can dive in. Is that? <laughs> If any man speak of an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. So let, let me make this, let me make this uh, uh, in my opinion. There's a difference between speaking in tongues and giving a tongue. This here is giving a tongue. In other words, I don't know if you guys have ever been in a church where a guy stands up and speaks in an unknown language, right? That's giving a tongue. That happens, there has to be an interpretation of it. God's not going to say something that nobody understands. So if some guy stands up and, and speaks in an unknown tongue out loud in the church, then there has to be an interpreter. Now remember, not a translator. Interpreter gives you an interpretation of what he, think he thinks he just heard. Not a word-by-word translation. So in my opinion, there's a difference between private praying in tongues and giving a public tongue. And I think this is speaking about a public tongue. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most by three, and that by course let somebody tell us what he just said. That's uh, I don't know if all of you agree with that theology. Some of you don't even agree with tongues. Amen, but if amen, you agree with tongues, this is what I think this is what I think it says. Your your private prayer language is private between you and the Lord and whatever. If you speak in tongues out loud, for the for everybody to hear, there has to be an interpretation. That's what amen. I think. Rich, what did you say, Rich? I just said amen, Dave. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's nothing more blessing than than be praying and all of a sudden you hear your mouth moving and saying stuff you don't know. I mean, you just know your spirit is is speaking an utterance to the Lord, you know, and it's just it's just a blessing. <laughs> Folks, I can't tell you. I, I love to go mow because when I get on my lawnmower, my my lawnmower is so loud I can't hear my headphones. I can't, and I have to tell you, 
I'm in such communication with the Lord when I'm mowing my grass. <laughs> it just blocks out the rest of the world, you know. Sometimes it would be just so good for us to shut down the computer, shut down the cell phone, and just go sit on the back porch and just listen. We don't we don't do much of that. We don't. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> let me t- let me tie what I wish you could see. Well, I I had a list of about 15 things today to talk about, and I haven't gotten to many of them. But I, I want to finish up with these things because I, I this is what was on my heart when I when I came down the steps this morning. <clears throat> and I asked the question earlier, what, what is the limit of God's authority? What is it that God is not in control of? <clears throat> and I think if we're all believers, we would probably all say, well, he's in control of everything. Well, he is to a degree. He's, he's not in control of the individual choices we make, right? He said, I set before you this day, life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life. He's not going to make you choose life. He's going to encourage you to. So this is the best thing to do, choose life. But see, if free will were taken out of it, would you, would you, I wouldn't want to be married to some woman by an arranged marriage. I want my wife to love me because she wants to love me. I don't want her to be married to me because her daddy arranged the marriage. So free will in the marriage to the Lord is you ought to be married to the Lord because you love him. You love him. Not because whatever. And so the the relationship Michelle and I have is almost, it's, a, it's like that. It's like that. And sometimes she'll say to me, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? And she's saying it to me out of love. She loves me. She tells me the truth. She cares about me. I care about her. I wouldn't do anything to hurt her. She wouldn't do anything to hurt me. But I still have the choice. And she still has choice in everything that we do. So no, none of us want to be robotically in love with Jesus. Why would you want to do that? And that's why we come into the come into the situation that we're in in America where people choose to do bad things. And it shows up. And the atheists will say, well, if God allows bad things to happen, then he's not in control. He's either not all good or he's not all powerful. Well, that's, a, that's an atheistic way to look at it. I can't believe I forgot Myra. I'm going to let you pray us out today, Myra, I promise. So I, I looked up authority today. <clears throat> you, you do know this, right? All authority. All authority, the scripture says, both in heaven and earth. All authority. Both in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Jesus himself said that. He didn't say the devil has some of it. He didn't say the fallen angels have some of it. He says all authority has been given unto me, both in heaven and in earth. So if God has, if Jesus Christ has all authority, both in heaven and earth, is he the head of the government? Well, of course he is. Why are we, those of us who serve the Lord, why are we not standing up and exerting our authority to enforce his authority? Why are we not doing it? We're, we, are, we have a commission. We're delegated authorities here. We've been delegated from on high. No, you can't kill babies. No, you can't destroy uh, 
marriages. No, you can't overtax, steal from us. No, you can't take our money and give it to foreign. No, you can't do that. Why? Because that is stealing. And stealing is wrong. Why is stealing wrong? Because all authority said it's wrong. But we fall under this false assumption that the government is the authorities. The government are the authorities. It's a false authority. The church bows to government. We saw it during the lockdowns. The church closing the doors because the government said close the doors. And all we've done is we've forfeited our authority. Go to number number two. So uh, there's a difference, folks. Power. What is power? Uh, Scroll on down. There's a lot of good stuff there about power. Power, there it is, the force, animal strength is the power of an arm exerted in lifting. Force, strength, energy, power of the mind. All power has been given unto him. All power. Ability, natural or moral. In mechanics, that which produces motion or force. All power has been given unto him. The ability, now, look, you can come down down in my multi-million dollar studio and you can take this little guy I got, this little armor guy, and you have the power to pick this thing up and break it into 100 pieces. You can throw it on a concrete floor right over there and break it into 100 pieces. You have the power to do that, but you don't have the authority. You can do it, but you don't have the authority because we don't understand what authority is. What's authority, Spence? Authority. Authority is legal power. Legal power or a right to command or to act. Right? Weight of care, weight of care, all of it's good, but it's the legal power. You can break it. You have the power to break it, but you don't have the authority to break it. And so we're looking at the United States of America. They're breaking it. Why? They have the power to do it. They don't have the authority. Amen. And all power should follow authority. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God has suffered violence, and violent men take it by force. So what's violence? Number four, what's violence then? (coughs) Excuse me. Physical force. That's violence. Kingdom of God's been taken by physical force. Or it also says moral force or outrage, eagerness, vehemence. The kingdom of God has been taken from us. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God has been stolen from us. And violent men, Bible says, take it by force. Well, what's force? According to Webster. Strength, active power, vigor, might, energy that may be exerted. So we have all power, we have all authority, but we're not exerting the force. That's what the gospel is all about. That's what the kingdom is all about. Mark Trump, come on in. Then Myra. I was going to share Colossians 2.10 makes it very clear, 2.8 through 10. And uh, if we go to that. Yeah, Colossians 2, 8 through 10. Colossians 2, 
Yeah, I think, you know, when we talk about the principalities and powers, I mean, this right here makes it so clear. Ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So the same anointed people condemned from the foundations of the earth to lead men astray. Jesus is head of them. He Amen. took the keys back. And, and this is the fact is that Jesus has set up this world to filter us, to try mm. us, to, you know, to bring us to him. And I, I just think it's so clear, coach. Good message. <laughs> Mark, beware less. Remember, in, in, uh, they told us in Jude, evil men have crept in unaware. And Colossians says what? Beware less any man spoil you through what? Philosophies Amen. and vain deceit after the tradition of men. What is our, what is our Sunday morning worship service after the tradition of men? after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Amen. For in Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. See? Amen. We, folks, we don't really believe Jesus, God Almighty, is all-powerful. We don't really believe it. We really don't believe that he has all authority. Because if he did, we wouldn't be doing what we do, if we really, really believed it. Myra, go ahead and pray us out of here today. Yes, Coach. Uh, we were talking about the gifts of the Spirit. So um, I'll be reading um, from 1 Corinthians 12. Now, about the gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uniform. Do you know that when you wear pagans somehow or order, they were infants and let us stay too much idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Holy Spirit, God says, Jesus is Jesus be cursed. And no one can, Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is a different, there's, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of services, but the same Lord. Mm-hmm. There are different kinds of working, but all, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to, to each of the manifestations from the Spirit is given for the common good. To no one there is given through a spirit of message, of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge, Knowledge of um, the message of knowledge by message, and to another the faith by the spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the miracles powers, and to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues, and all of these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Jesus, you're welcome to Coach Dave. How don't we welcome to you it? He's the anointed that breaks the power of, of joking sin. And amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody has a gift. Everybody does, and the Holy, and it's not made available in the church. Randy, 
Go. Yeah, Coach. So, in other words, we don't have to bow down to any of the false authority, do we, Coach? No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, we have a choice. Everything that was going on out there in this Luciferian system is deception. It has no power and no authority over those that know the truth. Amen. Amen. Now, Randy, we may suffer the consequences for disobeying, but I'd, I'd, uh, I'm not going to follow ungodly authority. I'm not going to do it anymore. I, folks, you hear me? I ain't following ungodly authority anymore. I have one, one authority. There's one king. I'm going to follow him. That's the only way we're going to win this battle. I'm going to stand at the end of my life and know I did the right thing, no matter what the cost might be to me personally. We all have to get to that point. Blessings. We'll see you tomorrow.